Hey, everybody. Welcome into another edition of Future Brew right here on mazeandbrew.com. My name is Vaughn Lozon, and we've got John Simmons back on the pod this week. So, And, uh, of course, I don't want to discount Stephen Ossentoski as well because he's here always, um, most of the time at least. But, uh, John, good to have you back. How, how did the move go? Good. Pretty smoothly. I think everything's set up here. Ready to get working again. I'm glad to be back on the pod. Well, we're happy to have you back as well. Steven, how's your week going so far, my friend? It's going all right. Just getting started here for me. But uh, I, a random thought popped in my head. I was on my, uh, my after work run and I was thinking I should change my name to Don because how great would it be to have Vaughn, John and Don on the same podcast? This is what, when I don't listen to my podcasts on, um, on my runs, I'll just have random thoughts that pop up. Yeah. And uh, then we could have like introduced it as like Von, Don and John on the pod. And it's like, <laughs> that's that's all I could think about for the three miles I was running. So sorry, guys, I let you guys down. Uh, well, we're, we're going to have to find a replacement for you now, as, <laughs> as I think what we're getting at. Uh, I, I didn't want to have to do this so early in the pod, but, you know, we might just have to cut things off here and go find a Don. Yeah, that, I- uh, that knows Michigan recruiting. But. I guess we'll stick with you for, for this episode at the very least. So uh, always happy to have you on Steven, um, (laughs) despite not being named Don. So we'll, we'll truck along as we usually do here. And we've got some, some pretty interesting news to talk about, but we're going to start with the latest commitment to the 22 class. Michigan picked up another in-state guy in this class. And that is four-star wide receiver Tayshawn Trent, who committed to Michigan Last Wednesday, he had other offers from Michigan State, Kentucky, Penn State, West Virginia, Indiana, schools like that. He is ranked number seven in the state of Michigan, number 40 at the wide receiver position, and number 281 overall on 24-7 sports composite rankings. He is Michigan's first receiver to commit to this 22 class and the second skill player behind three-star tight end Marlon Klein. And he is the third in-state commit out of Michigan's seven total commits in the 22 class. So they're doing some work in-state so far early on here. So, John, you missed out on last week's pod, so I'm going to start with you, my friend. It really seems like this recruitment shifted pretty quickly here. And Stephen and I talked about this a little bit last week, but things were kind of inching towards a Michigan state commitment. He had all the crystal balls were, were for the Spartans, but then flipped to Michigan. And it really seems like the emergence of Ron Bellamy on the assistant coaching staff and Will Johnson committing a really turned the tide here. How important do you think those relationships were in this decision for Tayshawn Trent? Yeah, I definitely think that Ron Bellamy was a major uh, factor in Trent deciding to go to Michigan um, even though he's coaching the safeties now, not the receivers, I think having that uh, guy on the t- on the staff with a huge Detroit uh, presence knows basically everyone <clears throat> in Southeast Michigan related to football. I think that's uh, a major help for Michigan there. And I also think Will Johnson, uh, you know, he's of course grew up in Michigan too. He's a he's a five star guy. Everyone wants to play with five stars, but his dad also runs Sound Mind, Sound Body which, you know, I think every kid growing up, growing up in the Detroit area who wants to play football has gone to these camps. So I think uh, having that connection, too, just gives Trent a lot of familiarity. 
and uh, trust with the, the staff and the guys that he'll be playing with. So I think uh, those two really uh, played played a big part in getting Trent to come to Michigan. Now, as, as far as scouting report goes, John, you were so kind uh, during your entire week of madness to throw up a scouting report on maizeandbrew.com of Tayshawn Trent. And uh, I, I read it through and I, I found uh, everything pretty interesting from the tape. I, obviously, the measurables are there at 6'4 and 210 pounds. He's obviously a red zone threat already, and he's still got a year left of high school uh, with, with that size and length that he has. Obviously, he'll have to work on uh, uh, getting off at the line of scrimmage and being able to outrun cornerbacks. Um, it, that will play a factor, I would imagine, into the future of his uh, rankings is one of the question marks there. Um but Steven, I want to turn it over to you because we kind of talked last week about the fact that maybe he goes to tight end, maybe he sticks at receiver. In John's scouting report, he pretty much said that he, he thinks he's good to stick at receiver in college. Do you agree with that assessment that John made? And what kind of improvements do you think Tayshawn Trent has to make in his game before he gets to college if he does stick at wide receiver? Yeah, speed's number one thing. Um, he, he mentioned it himself. It's something he's looking to improve. I agree with John about his quickness that he has plenty of quickness to gain separation, but man, I, the ceiling for him at tight end is too much for me to ignore, honestly, because there is a, a video going around on Twitter of him blocking and he just fires off like 10 yards off the line and just absolutely demolishes a cornerback. So obviously that could happen at wide receiver as well. And I would like to see that a guy of his size with that sort of blocking skill, um, just absolutely destroying cornerbacks. But Mm-hmm. I think with the speed um, and with his quickness, he just seems like a matchup nightmare to linebackers. So if, if he can get his speed up a bit, then I don't disagree with John that that wide receiver is a good spot for him because then, you know, you're looking at a Nico Collins type situation, but I think with his blocking, his, uh, his aggressiveness that he shows on the defensive side that should translate uh, if he does go the tight end route, that's just too attractive for me. And I think his ceiling uh, at that position, if he can get his weight up uh, to a plain weight for a tight end, man, with that quickness as well, um, th- mm-hmm. those those factors just stand out a little bit too much for, for me to not daydream about a uh, <laughs> Tayshawn Trent tight end situation there. Yeah, it's it's definitely enticing to have a guy as versatile as Tayshaun Trent to be able to line him up potentially at wide receiver, potentially get him in the tight end room as well. He's just one of those guys that you just take no matter what and you figure it out later. If he ends up growing into the tight end position, so be it. You can always use a guy like him in the blocking game and down the field as well. But if he sticks at receiver, maybe he turns into a guy like Nico Collins, who reportedly ran a 4.4540 yard dash time last winter. I don't think Tayshawn Trent is anywhere in that area as of right now. I would expect him to be probably in the four six or four seven range. But if uh, he can get that speed up and potentially uh, just get that agility and get the moves at the line of scrimmage to be able to beat off uh, uh, the the oh, I shouldn't have said it like that, but <laughs> to be able to beat cornerbacks off the line of scrimmage and, and gain that separation that's needed at the college level especially in the big 10 when you've got to go against guys uh like ohio state cornerbacks they're recruiting five stars yearly 
Uh, Michigan State always has good cornerbacks at their program as well. Penn State has done very well in the defensive backfield as well. You've got to get guys that are able to get separation. And I definitely am looking forward to seeing that out of Tayshawn Trent in his senior season. John, what else are you looking for out of Tayshawn Trent uh, going forward uh, with his final year of high school coming up here? Yeah, I think uh, you guys covered it well. Speed is definitely number one on his list. Um, I think he's definitely going to win with size at whatever level he plays with. Um, but I, I think he needs to get learn how to get separation in different ways. Um, I do think watching the tape, he was – I know he said he likes to block and he has a good clips of blocking, but he really only did that when he was lined up in line, when he was uh, you know, split out, he wasn't really interested in blocking you could see that a lot so i'd like to see him you know work on that effort and stick with it the throughout the whole game um i think that you know he's plenty athletic you see like a six four guy he weighs you know uh, more than our tight end commit and you kind of think he's going to be a, a lumberer maybe like a long strider like nico collins is but i think he's very athletic and and more agile than you'd think so uh, I'd also like to see him, you know, work on some different types of routes um, more than just, you know, running a go route to the end zone every time, you know, work uh, the middle of the field and, uh, you know, work on your route running and footwork skills a little bit more developing that route tree. So you're more prepared when you get to the next level. What do you think his ceiling is as a guy? Do you think that he could get to like Nico Collins level where he's just, you know, it's like a 50, 50 ball with, guy just throwing it up and just you know seeing if he can make a catch maybe a pass interference i think that's i hesitate to always like compare guys to studs like nico collins i think devin funches is another good one who is uh definitely more of a tweener between wide receiver and tight end and i think uh that trent could definitely be on that path too you could split him up outside or line him up in line if you wanted to Mm -hmm. um so i think looking at someone like funches too who you know, drafted in the second round as well, had a great career at Michigan. So uh, yeah. I think he hit his ceiling more at Michigan, though, than Collins did. So I think comparing uh, him to Trent would be maybe a little more accurate. Now, Stephen, with, with, the, uh, with the potential for him to play at, at the tight end spot, would, would you see there being an issue with, with the recruitments of – wide receiver, I guess, just in general, I mean, you would have it at that point, two tight ends already committed looking for more big bodied receivers to pair up with these tight ends, or would you kind of just see it as, ah, it's just another guy to go down the field and not, not really a big deal. Kind of just move on and just see if you can go and land more of these other wide receivers that they're going after. Yeah. I don't, I don't really see it as, as an issue just because I feel like it's not, you know, it's not at like a position like quarterback where, you know, there's one guy and that's it, or like running back, it's hard to see that many uh, touches for, you know, if you take more than one guy at a certain position. So I think given his versatility as well, it gives the coaching staff a little bit more room to uh, pitch other recruits on uh, available playing time because of that versatility where it's like, Hey, we, you know, we think this guy will fit this room and, and be in the wide receiver room or the tight end room, but maybe not. And, you know, we see you fitting in a different way. So I think because similar to kind of how uh, there are guys that Michigan takes a lot on the defensive side that provide versatility as well. And why I really love taking athletes is for the recruiting upside of being able to say like, Hey, you know, we're, we're interested in bringing in the most athletic guys and then figuring out how they fit later on. And I think that, 
you know, going with that approach and going with that pitch, it, it leaves yourself uh, a little bit of room um, to kind of avoid the, you know, is there space for me? So, um, so I think that's, that's kind of the approach you have to take. And uh, I could see Tayshawn Trent going either way. So I don't necessarily see it as, as that big of a okay. concern. Fair enough. All right. Well, I, uh, John, did you have any other final thoughts before we move on here? Nope. Excellent. Well, I appreciate that. And I, I think it's interesting. Um, yeah, I, I think he will come in and, and play receiver. I just think it, it, I, I think at the end of the day, he will work on the things that he needs to because he seems very cognizant of what he has to work on. And if he's able to uh, utilize all of that, I think he'll uh, stick at receiver at, at Michigan. They need some some bigger bodied guys like him uh, to, to pair up with the smaller, speedier guys that they've already got. Um, obviously they got a few bigger body guys in the last cycle with Andrew Anthony and Christian Dixon, but they're going to need a guy like Trent to come in and, and be another guy that uh, immediately gets worked into uh, the offense there. So, all right, well, I, uh, I think we will uh, move on here. And, uh, before we move on fully, uh, let's talk about our latest sponsor here at Mason Brew podcast and that's home field. And Homefield is a premium collegiate apparel brand based out of the Midwest in Indianapolis. And not only is their stuff comfy, but it is officially licensed gear. So they do not screw up when it comes to these designs because the team over there at Homefield, they study every school's history, traditions, legacies, and create those thoughtful designs that tell the unique story of each university. And they've got some amazing original Michigan designs that you will not find anywhere else from t-shirts to crewnecks. Homefield has anything you need to stay cozy. So if you are looking for some vintage apparel with March Madness coming around here very soon, then look no further than Homefield and use that promo code MNB as in Maize and Brew and get 20% off your entire first order. Again, 20% off the entire order. Use that promo code MNB at checkout. Go to homefieldapparel.com today. And welcome back to the show, everybody. To end today's podcast, we are going to talk a little bit about the defensive recruiting for the 22 class. And it has really been a fast-paced start for this new defensive coaching staff. They've offered a ton of new kids, and they've received commitments from guys like Will Johnson, uh, Taylor Groves, Cody Jones, uh, guys all in the defensive backfield. So uh, they're still looking for a few guys at cornerback and safety. But I would imagine at this moment, a lot of the attention has shifted to linebacker and defensive line. And we're going to talk about the linebacker position today because this is a position that has really been hit hard, especially over the last few weeks. And uh, to my knowledge, I, I went through earlier and I was I was uh, looking up all of these linebacker offers that they have dished out since the new coaching staff has come in. I've counted at least 14, if not more since this new coaching staff has been in Ann Arbor, only been a couple months. So to offer 14 guys at one position, I, I would say that's a pretty decent amount. So, and, and needless to say, they let four-star linebacker Tyler Martin walk and, and let him reopen his recruitment. So the cupboard is empty at the moment for the linebacker position. Uh, but a commitment could be on the horizon. A couple crystal balls were put in last week for three-star linebacker Micah Pollard. He is six foot three, 200 pounds from Jacksonville, Florida. He's being recruited by George Hilo and Hilo is from that area, the Jacksonville, Florida area. And with him being his position coach, 
you would imagine that things are looking pretty good for U of M. Uh, throw in the fact that Braylon Edwards is this kid's uncle and things are looking really, really good for the Wolverines at the moment. He is ranked the number 35 off uh, outside linebacker, I should say, number 531 overall player in this 22 class on the composite. And last season, obviously a shortened season because of COVID, but he had 69 tackles, 27 tackles for loss and 12 sacks. And you just turn on that tape. I don't know if you guys have seen any of his film from this last season, but he, in my opinion, doesn't look like a top 500 guy. He looks better than that. Uh, he, he goes hard on every play and he's constantly around the ball. Um, so Steven, I want to start with you last week, Mike McDonald in his first press conference with the media as the defensive coordinator at U of M said that the defense is going to be multiple. They're not going to do just one thing. It's not like it's going to be Don Brown era defense where they just fly at the ball and just hit you hard. Uh, They're going to put their players in the best position to succeed and utilize them to their strengths. And uh, Mike McDonald hit that really, really hard in that first presser uh, this past week. So Steven, how do you see linebackers like Pollard being used in this system because a lot of these new linebackers that they've offered are bigger kind of guys like how Pollard is with him being six foot three, 200 pounds. You're seeing a trend here in recruiting at that linebacker spot. So how do you think they're going to be used in this defense? Yeah, it's interesting. A lot of the guys they're going after have extremely long arms. It seems they, they are guys who can come off the edge with the, Uh, hand in the dirt or operate in space as a linebacker, even dropping into coverage. So, uh, I mean, how is he going to be used all over the place? Hopefully Um, it's, it's interesting because he's one of those rare guys that when he's accelerating uh, you think he's going to stop getting faster, right? You're like, okay, he's going to hit his top speed here. And he only seems to be getting faster until the point where he's, Uh, nailing the quarterback or or disrupting the pass. And um, so he he seemingly has pretty good top end speed. And uh, it it seems like a scary thing to have him um, accelerating towards you on a given play. So um, I I was a little skeptical of like, okay, will he truly be able to play as the linebacker Um, because most of his film is kind of uh, rushing the backfield, but there was one play where he was dropping into his zone um, passed off the wide receiver and came underneath to a running back and got a pick and took it back uh, for a touchdown there. So it's things like that, that uh, kind of raised my eyebrows a little bit. And then yep. I look for plays where he does things outside of um, what you would expect. So what I mean by that, there are a couple like uh, blocked punts, a couple uh, field goal blocks, one of which he blocked, scooped and then ran it back like 60 yards for a score. And those are plays that uh, display he's beyond just a pass rusher where the athleticism uh, transfers to plays in which, you know, he has to not only block it, but scoop it up and get to his top speed and outrun everyone for a touchdown. Those, those are the plays that I uh, look for to really see, okay, how versatile really is this guy instead of just rushing the passer. And he seems to have that. So I like him most rushing the passer. Um, I think there's a reason that it stands out the most on his film, but given his overall athleticism, I would be, uh, I would like to see him drop into the flats, be able to, uh, you know, mess with the offensive reads to have a guy of that skill set drop into coverage. You wouldn't expect it. So I, I, 
would expect them to primarily deploy him on the edge. Um, but he has plenty of, of athleticism chops to, uh, to make it work in, in limited coverage uh, that I saw. Yeah, I think he'd be a really good addition to this defense and really would fit the mold of what they're really looking for out of their linebackers moving forward with this new defense. John, would you imagine that that is pretty accurate? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, when Michigan offers a linebacker, uh, a guy listed as a linebacker now, you got to kind of, you know, watch the tape now to see which position they actually want him to play. Is he going to be an edge rusher guy or is he going to be an inside Michael Will? And uh, Pollard here is definitely an edge rusher. Uh, you know, he's just a monster, always going uh, after the ball with, I think, just pinning his ears back is, is going to be the best case uh, for Michigan to use him here. And uh, there's a lot of guys on the board right now that, that Michigan's going after with that same skill set. Uh, so we'll just, it's going to be uh, interesting to see how they prioritize all these guys and how it ends up sorting out at the end. I want to ask you guys, because this I found just really interesting looking into this earlier. In in 2019, they had three linebackers in their class. Obviously, one is gone. Charles Thomas ended up going into the portal. 2020, you can make a case that there are really several guys at the linebacker spot that they went for. Obviously, Osmond Savage is gone. He entered the portal before he really even got here. But you can imagine, in my opinion, Jalen Harrell is a guy that could probably play uh, an outside linebacker spot in this defense as well. Will Mohan, he could be a linebacker or a safety, just depending on where they want to throw him. This last class, they had three guys. Um, it could be four, honestly, with Kashawn Bennett, because I could see him potentially being one of those Sam linebackers too. So, Stephen, do you think that the reason they want so many linebackers is because they have on the roster currently a ton of in-between guys and Viper position players like Joey Velasquez, Will Mohan, kind of guys like that? Or do you think that they were just going to hit it hard regardless? Yeah, I think I think it's definitely a shift because before when you only had kind of the Viper and the edge rusher, that was kind of like the only two positions like Anuche or Akeley Hudson. And those were kind of the two guys that you saw when you're moving into more of a multiple defense overall. I think it, it opens you up more to say okay let's take the best athletes we can possibly get here and play you know not positionless football that doesn't really happen but at least when it comes to these sort of edge rushers you know in a, in a, a three four you want you just simply need more of those guys and um I, I think the more guys you take that have positional variability uh, again the harder it is for an offense to really parse what they're looking at because you have a bunch of these athletic guys who can either rush the passer or drop into coverage again I think it it makes sense with kind of where the game is going today to have just a higher number of those guys and then Mm -hmm. um, figure it out later so I think it's it's you know we saw it kind of the first iteration of that with Don Brown with a couple positions. And now I just think with just where the game is going, you, you need to have that level of versatility to, uh, to truly compete um, and, and kind of make up that advantage that the offense has in college football today inherently. So I think it's just kind of a, an overall approach that the, the staff has bought into and um, nothing is more important um, than having uh, in, in this sort of defense than having uh, 
plethora of those outside linebacker edge rusher guys. There's just a large number that you, that you really need. John, do you have anything to add on to that? And do you expect this to kind of continue in 2023 and beyond with the way that they're recruiting linebackers? Yeah, I think when you think about it, you know, having guys that can uh, have versatile skill sets, it just creates a lot of confusion for the offense if you don't really know where you're going to send pressure because all of the guys in the, the front seven can, well, not all of them, but the edge guys and the linebackers can drop into coverage or rush the passer. I think that opens up a lot of, uh, you know, fun things for that uh, McDonald's can do. And I think it can create a lot of havoc that uh, – will we'll definitely put pressure on offenses. So I think, uh, yeah, going forward, Michigan's going to be recruiting a lot of athletes like this. Uh, and I think it's just going to kind of be one big group that they put together and just sort them out once they get them onto the practice field. Do you think that the way that they hit linebackers is going to uh, affect the way that they recruit defensive linemen as well? I, I, I could see maybe a, a shift in the way that they recruit D linemen as well, just because, if you're going to be recruiting guys like Micah Pollard, who are essentially going to be edge players, I, I would imagine that you would probably want bigger and bulkier defensive tackles uh, to put in the middle of that so you can give guys like Pollard all the space they need to clean up. Yeah, I think there's a spectrum on on those guys as well, too. I think you do have to recruit specifically for a nose tackle because, you know, there's just so few guys that are that big, like 330-pound uh, space eaters that – are hopefully, you know, able to move well enough uh, and are still agile so to eat up multiple gaps. So I think that's one position where, you know, you got to define your targets there. But the defensive ends, it slash tackles, you know, there's also, you know, Justice Finkley, I think is a good example of a guy that I think most people would look at as a 3-4 defensive end. But Michigan uh, is apparently recruiting as like the Matt Judon outside linebacker type. But right, yeah capable of doing both. So, uh, you know, it's also just what McDonald has in mind and how big he wants those guys um, in his, in his defense. So I guess we'll have to see uh, once they actually play games with him at the, at the helm. Yeah. Steven, anything to add on to that? Nope. John nailed it. Yeah. I, I, I agree with all of that. I, I, and I, for one, I'm excited to see how all of this kind of plays out with the new way that they're recruiting all of these positions, obviously they're going to, they're, they've already went really hard in, you know, cornerback and safety. They've got several of those guys uh, already committed. Devontae miles being the defensive tackle in the uh, recruiting class so far in 22, but they're going after a ton of linebackers. Uh, they've offered a few new defensive linemen uh, with uh, the new defensive coaching staff in town. I'm excited. It's, it's a breath of fresh air, honestly, to, to see a new direction in the way that they recruit and they're, they're going after it. It doesn't matter what the ranking is. I mean, it, it, they're getting in late with these five stars, but they're still going to attempt to go after these five stars, which is something that you may not have seen previously under the uh, old defensive coaching staff. So I, I, for one, I'm, I'm just excited to see how it all goes. Obviously they're going to swing and miss on some of these guys, but uh, I, I would anticipate them continuing to make top lists for top guys at positions that man, maybe you wouldn't normally see maybe in the past, maybe a Walter Nolan wouldn't end up giving you guys a top 10 uh, addition to his top 10 list. Maybe you wouldn't be in it with a guy like Jacoby Matthews, who is a five-star safety from Louisiana. They got Ron Bellamy on him like no other. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting to see how every 
thing goes in this class and and kind of uh, 2023 and beyond, I'm I'm pretty excited. It's it's a breath of fresh air. It's a new day, Stephen. It is a, a brand new day, and uh, it, you know it's uh, it it's something worth um, really paying attention to because these guys are going to really um, define the defense for, for years to come, quite frankly. And, uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Yeah, it'll be interesting. One thing I'll look at is how multiple truly are they, right? Cause you're instilling a new system. Obviously they're recruiting for it and that's what you have to do. How quickly will the eight, will they be able to realize that vision that they have for the defense? And I think it's something that'll eventually evolve there, but, uh, you know, I, I think I'm I'm speaking in uh, in an obvious nature when I say that that's the uh, a big question mark. How quickly yeah. will they be able to grow to that vision? Well, it, it'll be interesting. I guess it all kind of depends on how you view the guys on the current roster uh, that would fit into uh, the new defense. It'll be really really interesting to see. I'm going to have my eyes on that. Um, you know, when the season starts up for sure. Um, John, any other final thoughts before we uh, sign off here? No, I think we covered basically right. everything. Well, John, it, it was an absolute pleasure to have you back on the podcast. Please don't stray away and go on another vacation or road trip <laughs> or whatever. Please come back. Um, me and Stephen were talking about Jabril Peppers being traded last week, and uh, it, it was a time, let me tell you. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> Stephen, did you uh, come back with, uh, with with a new nickname? I did this not. Week? I okay. did not. Don, I think maybe Don, Stephen, <laughs> Don Osentoski. There you go. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll make it flow somehow. Um, <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. John, where are you at? My friend at Simmons underscore John, Stephen at Stephen Toski. And give Maze and Brew a follow, like on all the social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, go follow Stephen's work on YouTube at Maze and Brew putting out videos nonstop and with the big 10 tournament coming up, uh, he is going to be running on four hours of sleep every day because he's going to be only watching video. So uh, his full-time job probably is going to hate him uh, this upcoming week. So um, just throwing it out there. Uh, We thank you for your contributions to the website and to the YouTube channel, Steven. Uh, So go, please check that out. It's all good stuff and give our uh, podcasts here five stars, a subscription, all that good stuff. We would greatly appreciate it. And we will talk to you guys next week.